Banana Bunch. You know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Jungle Gyms Podcast. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Mark. Hey, look at this setup on the table here. Look, we're in the second week, and I, I probably won't talk about how many weeks in in the future. This is the second week of our giveaways. Uh, we announced our winner online, although I think I've already decided I'm changing something. I'm going to announce the winner on the show each week. I think that's a way better way. That way you can hear your name in lights or your screen name in lights, and it gives everybody plenty of time to enter and all that good stuff. Um, so we'll cut off entries probably like the night before. Fine. Um, but I'm really excited about that. Thank you all for playing last week. I am very excited to uh, give away the winner. I reach out to you on YouTube. I'm going to reach out to you in the YouTube comments. So always, always hit me up there first just so I can confirm your identity. Uh, that'll be very easy. So anyway, this week, you know, we had Eckrich Meets on the show last week. It was great. And then they were so happy with it that they sent me a bunch of stuff to give away. So uh, the first of what hopefully will be many giveaways with them. This week, we've got this giant Coleman cooler. They did two Yeti Rambler tumblers, like the good Yeti, right? Not like the Arctic knockoffs. They're fancy pants. Uh, there's a cutting board in here. And then I decided, you know, I put some chips in here. But what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to fill this with some of my favorite international snacks here so that you've got something to eat out of this, too, in the meantime, you know. Uh, so that's going to be great. And look, here's the rules. I'll just get this out of the way off the top. You have to be a subscriber of the Jungle Gyms podcast on YouTube. I'll put all the links everywhere on this. You might see this on another platform too, but I'll put links so it makes it really easy for you. You just follow Jungle Gyms International Market on YouTube. So you have to be a subscriber. And then every week I'm going to have you leave a comment on that week's episode. So on this episode, for example, we are doing a breast cancer special all about preventative medicine and uh, not medicine rather, but uh, preventative care with regards to um getting checked up, monitoring, you know, all the just good healthcare tips. So what I want you this week to do, again, you're just going to subscribe. You're going to comment on this video. And I want the comment to be something that you learned from doctors Lichter and Ryleman today. I don't think that's crazy. I think that's actually a good way. I was, I almost put a password in the middle of the episode at random, but I figured since this was really serious subject matter, it didn't feel right interrupting in the middle of it. But eventually, look, the thing is, I want to give you cool stuff, but I want you to enjoy the show forcibly. So this will be an easy way in the future. We'll change it up. And I will, at some point, every episode, I'm going to give you the rules. Uh, and I'm sure at some point we'll iron out all the details. But because things move really fast around here, I just want to make sure that I'm hooking you all up in the meantime. So again, subscribe to Jungle Gyms on YouTube. Leave me a comment. Tell me something cool that you've learned in this episode. Um... And those are the big ones. Oh, also, it's local pickup only. I am not shipping anything. Please stop asking. Eventually, I have a lot of patience. I'm very nice. But one day, I will not be as nice as you want me to be. So I'm just saying it right now. We're not shipping. It's in-store pickup only. That's how this works. Uh, if that's a problem, you don't have to enter. But I will always want to take care of that. Um, I've got some other things kind of unrelated. And this is one you can actually just reach out to me. Podcast at junglegyms.com. This is a first come, first serve situation. Uh, and really only reach out to me if you want to uh, actually be there. But I'm going to give away some tickets. I'm doing a, an event here with uh, Netflix. Perhaps you've heard of them. Uh, but they are releasing a new film written and directed by... One of my all-time favorite comedians, honestly, I think probably one of the best, if not the best working comedian on the road right now, Bill Burr, fellow podcaster. Bill, I promise I won't do my impression right now, 
But, uh, you know, he's got grocery store jokes. He talks about self-checkout, something that we don't use at Jungle Gyms. So, Bill, love you. But uh, I've got a lot of tickets to give away to that. So, uh, coming up, that'll be on October 17th. I'll have more details next week. But if you're if you're like, oh, my gosh, I love Bill Bird too, Mark. I'd love to go see his movie in the theater with you. Great. October 17th, you can join me. And we're going to do it at Newport on the Levee. And all you have to do is email me, podcast at Jungle Gyms, and I will give you a pair of tickets while supplies last. How's that sound? Great. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. So, all right. I've got all that out of the way. Don't forget to get your tickets for the International Wine Festival. It's coming up in a couple weeks, November 11th. That's going to be a banger. Um, we've also got uh, the film screening from Zamir Gada coming up on October 21st. Uh, it is the Ohio premiere of his film uh, that he made with Stephen Powell. I should have Stephen on the show at some point, too, to talk about making the movie. It'll be great. Um, and with all that out of the way, I'd like to bring back, you know, a few months back, I had uh, some of the doctors from Kettering Health here, uh, Fort Hamilton Hospital, uh, come on to the show. And we were just sort of, I, I, they were doing a healthcare event here around the Da Vinci surgical robot. And look, realistically, I looked at that. I was like, yeah, I don't really know what we're going to talk about, but I definitely want to play with a robot. I will figure the questions out in the future. Um, and so, you know, obviously that episode did well for us. Everyone was really happy. And we've been talking the last few months and we're just sort of like, hey, let's do some more fun stuff together. But, you know, for me, I look, I look at the show. It is funny and silly and I like to do that stuff. I love introducing brands, but I, I look at this. We do have a platform and this is kind of a, a, a good thing. And with October uh, being Breast Cancer Awareness Month, this just made too much sense. And I was like, let's get some experts in here to give us some tips. I'm like, well, look, a lot of you sourced questions for me. You were reaching out to me like, here are the questions I want to ask. I asked all of your questions. They all made it into the edit. Um, no, uh, but I wanted to ask all these questions. I wanted to talk about preventative health care and things that you could do to check yourself, right? And, you know, obviously it predominantly affects women, but it does affect a small percentage of men too. So this is good information for all of us. You probably love someone in your life. You want to take care of them. Um, I'm trying to be serious about this because it is something serious. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something from this. And of course, I want to just give a quick shout out right now. Huge thanks to Kevin and everybody at the Kettering Health uh, organization. You all have been really good to me. I'm looking forward to more collaborations like this in the future. And thank you for taking the time to come out here. This is really more direct to Drs. Lichter and Dr. Uh, Dr. Lichter and Dr. Ryleman. How do you pluralize that? Is it doctors and then you just say their last names? I've been struggling with that in the show notes all week. But no, seriously, uh, Lichter, Ryleman, thank you both for coming out here and educating us and taking the time to do that. It's very, very cool of you. I think this is a really unique opportunity. Uh, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. So without any further ado, let's just, uh, let's meet the doctors. Fort Hamilton's <laughs> back. You know, we're back at it's Jungle It's almost Gym. like you've been on the show before. Yeah. Well, I guess that is a good time to do this. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Lichter. Thank you. If thank you'd like you. to introduce yourself officially. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Andrew Lichter. I'm one of the general surgeons at Hamilton Hospital Kettering. Awesome. And Dr. Ryland, welcome to the show. First time. First time, Linda Ryleman. I am the medical director of the Women's Health Center over at Fort Hamilton, and I'm a radiologist, diagnostic radiologist. Yeah. Very so. cool. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. That's great. I thought this was uh, fun. Well, fun maybe is the wrong term to use, but uh, you know, like last <laughs> night, it's edutainment, right? It's like, let's walk through edutainment. this. Edutainment. Obviously, with it being word. October, you know, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I thought this made a lot of sense to have you all back on the show. So thank you. Let's Genuinely start from the appreciate top. It. Oh my gosh, yeah, my pleasure. Seriously, uh, everyone loved you all on last time. I mean, it just makes a lot of sense. And to me, this is one of those fun partnerships where, you know, if I, I, well, look, we were talking off camera about yeah. how the last episode actually made a difference in someone's life legitimately.
legitimately. Legitimately. I'm sure maybe more than that one, but that was the one I got an email about, and I was like, oh, it works. <laughs> yeah. The show's going well. You know what I mean? Well so, done. Well done. No, but ser- no, to you and your team, seriously, Thank well you. done to all of you. It's really Thank great you. what you all are doing up there. So appreciate it. Let's you. start from the talk. The talk. I, am, I had TikTok on the brain still today. <laughs> but starting from the top. Look, first and foremost, the message here, what are, what are we here for? What's what's the starting point? Um, basically, it's to make people more aware of breast cancer, the issues, uh, get it, tell them to get in here and get screened and and get involved in, the, in themselves and their care and come in and get mammograms. That's how you start. Uh, yeah. See your doctor and get your mammograms and get started taking care of yourself. Early detection seems like for pretty, I would assume probably most. It makes a big cancer, difference. Right? Yeah. We were just talking about that. A patient, like you said, we have people that come in uh, a little bit later than earlier. But what we see on mam- mammograms, there's literally millimeters. I mean, we're picking up three, four millimeter cancers. And to put that in perspective, it's an eighth of an inch. Right. Yeah. I mean, and when, you, when you find them that, detection, yeah. Right? And when you find them that early, you live through it and it's a bump in the road and right. you continue on with your life like you should. Yeah. And that's how we want to find them. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think October is about breast cancer awareness. You know, 12% of women are going to get breast cancer. And that's a staggering it statistic. Is. And, you know, the, the earlier we detect it, you know, we say, oh, you can find it when it's small. But most importantly, the smaller it is, the, the less likely that it's actually spread somewhere. So we can do a smaller procedure to remove it without distorting the architecture of the breast. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, it hasn't a, spread a, anywhere. A, a bump in the road. I mean, truthfully, you come in, you get I've surgery, I've actually told women before when they get really, really scared, they get told they have breast cancer. But when I see them and they're really small and I know that they're going to be taken care of by Dr. Lichter and then people after him, you know, you know that the survival rate is so high. It's in the upper 90s. You oh, know, wow. when you find it that small, it hasn't gone anywhere. You're, you're making a difference. And it is truly a bump in their road, in their right. path. So mm-hmm. you, that's when you want to find it. That's yep. why we want you guys to come in. You can't be afraid to do that. It's a little bit nerve wracking maybe, but you just got to come do it. And at Fort Hamilton, I was going to talk a little bit about Absolutely. what we all have there. Please, yeah. Everybody always asks... Um, so there's a couple of things. You know, the radiology group that I belong to is the same radiology group that covers major breast centers in downtown Cincinnati. Okay. Um, we do two different networks in Cincinnati in addition to the Kettering network here. So the, the level of expertise that you have mm-hmm. and the physicians taking care of you is really high. Totally agree. So that's um, something that a lot of people don't know. I think they picture, you know, little little community hospital, you yeah. know, what kind of doctors do you really have working there? Sure. Uh, we work, we, we come from, you know, great places. And then Dr. Lichter, you know, he's he's there all the time, pretty yeah. much, aren't you? Yeah, so there's three, there's three of us surgeons there mm-hmm. at Fort Hamilton um, who <clears throat> we do the, the the length and width of general surgery. But um, specifically, I, I have a specific dedication to breast mm-hmm. as well. I'm our surgical director. So it's okay. about probably 30% of my practice is breast as well, breast specific. And so, um, yeah, and then beyond us, we also have the Kettering Network as a whole, where we're a part of our breast cancer. Um, we actually go to the same breast tumor board meetings, all okay. the surgical oncologists, all of the breast surgeons. Radiation oncologists. Everybody's everybody coming meets, to the same meetings and we're reviewing cases. Our- and so mm-hmm. tapping in, you may be, there, there is this notion of like, oh, Kettering Hamilton is kind of a smaller hospital, but what you're really getting is excellent radiologists who are the same radiologists as, frankly, downtown Cincinnati. Mm-hmm, yeah. And care by surgeons who participate in the Kettering Network and in your cases are being reviewed up at main campus of Dayton where there's 
you know, potentially that 50 people on the tumor board meetings where we're presenting your cases. And so, you know, Amazing. you're getting academic level care close to home. Yeah. And, well, and, and speaking of close to home, I mean, as I understand it, well, I'm pretty positive I know for you, but I understand you're also a hometown hero. Right? I am. I yeah. am. I, I live and work in Hamilton, Ohio. Been Is that going for, okay, though? <laughs> like sometimes no, I try to escape I the love, town. But I yeah. love, no, I love Hamilton. And I because I've been here and I live here and I work here, you know, I, I like to think that I bring a little bit of um, perspective. I've been in medicine a lot longer than <laughs> my cohort over here. But, um, you know, I like to bring everything I can to the care of the patients yeah, that sure. we, we take care of here. But um, we, I've worked really hard with the department and, and the network has been really great about helping us achieve a lot of things. We're at a ACR center of excellence in the imaging side. So that means everything from the mammograms to the ultrasound, to the stereotactic, to the MRIs that we do, they're mm -hmm. all dedicated and they've all been reviewed and approved and we have to send them in for all kinds of yeah, the ACR is it's, actually the American College the of Radiology. Total. So okay, cool. becoming a, a center of excellence isn't just mean that you're an approved center, but you actually have shown excellence after in, case review. And we have that in the in the breast arena. So we are considered an ACR center of excellence in breast. So that's that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. It's pretty awesome. I testament and to that, what you've built. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Linda has built the, it, literally. I mean, yeah. our breast, uh, our physical building for the breast center, Linda was a part of building it. So. Well, years ago, for those of us who've been around Hamilton a long time, you know, the, the the hospital has really evolved. We've done a lot with it. So that whole new north building that mm -hmm. has the ICU and the women's center in under it was an addition, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago or yeah. so. And um, so we designed it in a way that was comfortable for women. You come in off the lobby and go right into the center. And yeah. it's a women's kind of separate little area. You're not walking through the hospital or sitting in hallways. Sure. You're taking care of. It's and I think that care. is hard because when mm -hmm. we say women get your mammograms, <laughs> right. you know, as as a as a as a male saying that, it's like, well, you don't understand. That's kind of private. Well, mm -hmm. when you come to Hamilton, we're not asking you to step into a truck. Which mammograms in a truck are are important. They're fine. They, oh, they for find sure. cancers fine. every year. But you come in, you are in a separate area. We have a separate place for you to get changed. We have specialty gowns. Yeah. The women there are excellent about shepherding you through the mm -hmm. process. The entire thing, a patient told me the other day, she said it was the most comfortable mammogram, if that's possible, the most comfortable <laughs> mammogram she's ever had. And there are some mammograms that are uncomfortable, but sure. I think our team is excellent about yeah. helping you navigate that process. Yeah, they, they work and, really and, you, and you're not walking halfway into the heart of a hospital right. after parking mm -hmm. on floor nine uh, of the <laughs> parking lot. I mean, we are, we are, we've said this before. Yeah. We are the Bob Evans. If we were a restaurant, we'd be Bob <laughs> Evans. You know, we we aren't cooking five star gourmet food, right. but we cook hearty food. It's warm. Well, neither is Bob it's, Evans, if we're being honest. <laughs> but I'm sorry, but, I do but love that's it. My, but that's my point. Is just that's like so we're, we're a solid, homegrown, hometown hospital, just serving hearty, hearty food to our people. I love it. There yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so mammograms, funny. hernia surgery, and excellent sausage gravy. The yeah. three there things I come to Kettering Health yeah. for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except it has to be turkey sausage. It's turkey gravy. It's turkey, turkey gravy. Turkey. Okay, turkey. that's fine. Yeah. No, listen, well, but it's still excellent. It's still no, excellent. I'm into it. And listen, and I'm good with that. It's going to keep me a little healthier at longer time. Yeah, yeah. Keep us all time. healthier. Yeah. But yeah. And, and in terms of the equipment too, 3D, 3D mammography, the AI. Um, everybody asks about AI or what we call CAD, which is computer assisted detection. We mm -hmm. have that on every mammogram done. Wow. Um, we do 3D on everybody. So all the screenings that come in. Yeah. So when you say 3D, like 
I mean, I obviously know what that means, but like, is this just like a new scanning technology across the board? It is. So what to kind of simplify, maybe to make it under, understood, yeah. is the old Explain way. Like the, old, the old way was <laughs> the old way was two D. Yeah. We took a top to bottom and a side to side picture, right? And you just take the picture and you see what like, you see. Okay, three right. D is kind of like taking that material or that body part mm -hmm. and it's like slicing it up into oh, okay. thousands of little pictures yeah. and then of which you literally page through each one. So, you so if you can imagine, if you have a lot of tissue in the middle, you know, something small, you have a lot of tissue in there, mm -hmm. it can get buried in there. And sure. if I was just looking at a picture that looks like this, right. eh, I might or might not see it. An experienced eye is better than a non-experienced eye. Of course. And I probably pick up you know, the majority of those, but what 3D does is it takes all this tissue and separates it out. So I look at it as I go down through it and we do it in two planes on each breast. And so sometimes you look, it, it has been amazing. Um, dense breast is sure. really, really helpful with that. And um, just complicated breasts, but we have several cases where I literally going through that those images, like paging through that, that image, somewhere in the middle, I go, whoa. And there's a little tiny thing in the middle that you look back and it's like, there's no way you see it. Yeah, so last yeah, Thursday, so. I had three from Linda. One was four, one was six, one was seven millimeters. I mean, the, the, they're catching super small. Yeah. And six at, millimeters at, at is the a first quarter view, inch. we're just right. like, Put it in perspective. we're looking sure. at these we're talking and, about, yeah. and, you know, just doing an exceptional job at, at really it's, capturing it's them. It's been incredible. Stage. And then on top of that, yeah. we have a computer assisted detection program that actually a computer reads it too. Wow. So when I look at these, I look at them not just for myself, but then I have, I can hit a button and then a computer will go ding and put a circle around something and say, look back at this and do a sure. double check. And it That's makes amazing. me look twice. Um, some things you say, ah, no, it's nothing. Other things you say, wow. Okay, you know, maybe I should look at that twice. So it's it's actually the computer is assisting us to detect even more. Yeah, that's it's pretty awesome. And we do that on everybody. Yep. I feel so, like that's gotta be, huge. but like you said, an experience it's, awesome. it's better than not, but like having an extra set, of, like a backup set, yeah, right? You're yeah. like, just in case this is an yeah. anomaly. Yeah. As long as they don't replace me, I'm, I'm okay. Well, and that's where too, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't think they'll ever replace me. They're mostly Linda. just focusing on replacing <laughs> artists right now. So, but I've worked with a lot of artists and uh, your time is, uh, Time <laughs> clocks ticking, people. <laughs> Meet yeah. those deadlines. I'm just kidding. Artists, anyway, we, bottom line is we got some great stuff to offer the patients. Yeah. You know, so we, you know, we just want them to come in and see us. It's and, incredible and, technology. It sounds yeah. like. I'm and, sorry. And, no, I, I know we're. Linda and I are obviously very excited to be here. We're like jumping all over these mics. <laughs> I, like, I, 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 I got 50 means, things I'm going to say. I got everybody separated out. It'll be yeah. perfect. <laughs> but um, no, I think the other thing that's really important too, uh, we're lucky in Hamilton where a lot of people use the same imaging center mm -hmm. where we have access to these images that may span back five, even 10 years mm -hmm. ago. Sure. And so not only are we doing 3D images, but we're also trending those images against time. Sure. Because sometimes it's not just what your breast is doing in this moment, especially for our younger women who are mm -hmm. premenopausal, mm -hmm. but how it's changing over time where something suddenly becomes more or even less interesting when you're like, no, but I can see you had one two years ago and, and this actually is stable. Yeah, and I always tell people, we also have the ability to import because everything today is digital. Right. We also have the ability to import images. Like if you've been somewhere else, you know, we come in, the first thing we ask is, have you had something somewhere else? Because it really does 
help really us. Helps. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, comparing apples to apples instead sure. of just saying, ah, there's a couple little things here and there, but were they there before or were they new? Right. And I look for anything new. And so that's so, what it does help yeah. if you're going every year so that we oh, can yeah. trend things because some people will say, well, you know, I finally got my first mammogram and they brought me back for an ultrasound. Well, you know, that's true. But as you're doing them and we get comfortable with what your breast architecture looks like, it's, you know, there, it, it helps as we spread it out over time. And the time. other thing that I love, and I find that a lot of people don't realize is that everybody's mammogram is as individual as their fingerprint. There, there are no two alike. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, don't, they don't yeah. kind of entirely get that, but how that tissue sits inside of you is very unique to you. Interesting. And, um, so then being able to track over time has got to be exactly. hugely important Huge. as far as just to be like, Huge. like you said, is this, is this growing? Is it shrinking? Yep. Is this something I should have cause yeah. for concern? Yeah. For? And then yeah. they change all through our lives. You know, you're young and you know, you're having kids and you're breastfeeding and doing all sure. of that. And then you're going through pre-menopause, menopause, then you age and, and things kind of regress. So, I mean, breast tissue is constantly evolving. So that's what Dr. Lichter said to see that evolution and to follow it is kind of important because oh, the pattern yeah. the underlying pattern really doesn't change. That's how we caught this does. one last week. Mm -hmm. She was, you know, we had a, uh, it was like a 62, we had a 68 and a 72 and all of them been getting their mammograms regularly. And I, Year and old. I, yeah. I definitely attribute that to just close surveillance. And now they're all going to basically be paired with surgical resection. That bump in the road. Yeah. yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's turbulence versus it's 30, the crash. It's 30 minutes under surgery. Yeah. We're quick in, we remove the tissue. You go on hormone therapy for five years, blocking your, your estrogen, and then you're done. Yeah. You know, there's no chemo, there's no, potentially even no radiation, depending on what on stage we're catching what you're things talking about. Sure. their age of the patient. Are there certain sizes that, is there like a, and that's maybe a weird way to ask it, is there like a blanket size range where you're like, okay, this is something we have to, you know, cause we've been mentioning things at like a few millimeters, which are obviously you, if caught, it sounds like pretty, you know, it's pretty much a bump in the road. Right. Yeah, exactly. He takes it out. And yeah. Is there like once a, you, you know, yeah, I mean? there are certain tumors that when you clear a certain size, we'd actually recommend that you start with chemo first to shrink them. Yeah. Particularly in those patients who we, we actually take every tumor once we identify it and we break down its hormone and its protein status and we'll see, does it respond to estrogen? Does it respond yeah, to Yeah, see, I talk to people about that too because yeah. what they don't understand either, and this is something that's kind of a basic thing to understand is that everybody's breast cancer is also unique. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, your breast cancer is not the same as mine, is not the same as, you know, yeah. somebody else's. Yeah. So they, they, they type it and they grade it and some of them are more aggressive than others and some of them are sensitive to estrogen, some of them are not, yeah. some yeah. of them are sensitive to other things. There's all these different measurements and that's done on every single tumor so that when they come to talk to you about what you have as an individual, then they, then they have a plan, you know, for you. And, um, and it's a, it's a proven method and it works well. And yeah. it's a very individualized care, you know, to try to take care of that person. Sure. I think we see so. that kind of all over the country now where mm -hmm. women will start this journey with a palpable tumor or a mammogram, mm -hmm. which then yields a tissue diagnosis from the biopsy mm -hmm. done by our radiology colleagues. Mm -hmm then we will look at that tissue, we'll even do genetic testing sometimes on that tissue or the patient themselves, mm -hmm. and then come up with a crafted plan oh. where oncology, radiation, and surgery, they all, and we all everyone get together. gets together in a room and we all agree that this is the best course for your specific cancer at your stage with your specific um, 
genetic profile. Even. Yeah. So, and that's kind of the magic of a breast program that's and amazing. not just someone who's. And we have access surgery. to that. That's the thing that's so yeah. wonderful is we have access to that right here. Yeah. Sorry. Crazy. And, even, you know, I, mean, I love working with, with Drew. We, it's, we, a team. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a team. It's a really great It really team. is a team. You know, I think I said this the last time you all were on the show, uh, but I'll say it now that you're here, Dr. Rauman. Um, <laughs> no, but there was like a, uh, you know, look, I spent a lot of my life in hospitals. And so it was nice to be around a p bunch of people where there was like a palpable camaraderie at the <laughs> very least. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that like, you know, I, I tell everybody, I'm like, I get the best version of everybody because they're just like, stay strong in front of Mark because if it's recording, you know what I mean? Don't show the, you know, but no, but are, it, it really, like, you know, but yeah. it was really nice to see. It was like a group of people that were like, everybody had like this same focus on the individual care. And it, it was really impressive to me. It was something that I hadn't seen in almost my entire life going to different hospitals all over the country, you mm -hmm. know? And uh, yeah, it, so it's really great. And so one of the reasons I was excited to have you back too is that it's like, you guys are like 10 minutes away from the store. I mean, yeah. I may be exaggerating a little bit, but you're very close by. I mean, you mm -hmm. are that neighborhood place. So it was, look, my pleasure to not only get this kind of information out there, but also to let everybody know that like, yeah, it's right down the road. Like, you know, come yeah. get some weird snacks from International and then go down there and get tested. <laughs> that's right. That's I mean, right. that's sort of my plan. You know, In like, fact, we're going to just leave our cards. <laughs> kind of, we're going to hide them behind the cereal. And as you're over in the different aisles, it'll be like, oh, look at this. Oh, I found the Kettering Health Punch Card on my seventh visit. I still have to pay. Uh, I still have to pay. One free hernia exam. One free mammogram. Hey, hey. That's the score, right? Kevin Atrat, I think we need to do that. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. I can hear, I can, I can hear him panicking yeah, now. It's like, I'm, I'm getting now. an email. Yeah. He's scared now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, Drew, what did yeah. you just do to me? <laughs> no, it's, I think, you know, we, we've said it over and over again. Mm -hmm. The The real benefit to staying close, besides staying close to home, is that, all of our group. I mean, I just caught Linda. It, we, we were having lunch together the other day mm -hmm. where we're both in the doctor's lounge. It's like, what you, you know, us giving her a hard time. And, yeah. you know, I'm there with, <laughs> like, like usual. He and then does. Sendel Nathan was there. You know, we've got our, our, our radiation oncologist was there, Dr. Kreinbach, Paul. Yeah. You know, it's like, Paul's wonderful. We're, we're constantly oh, awesome. running into each other because it's such a small space. And it's like, yeah. oh, hey, while you're here, can you just. Let's look at these films together. Let's yeah. talk about this patient. Hey, were you going to do this? Therapy? But what I really you know? like is, you know, again, it's I'm a little bit older and I've been in practice for 30 plus years. And so, you know, I've kind of watched the evolution of care. And, you know, years ago, I remember the days where women you know, didn't have the option of all of this wonderful imaging and of you know, percutaneous biopsies ahead of surgery and the sure. ability to plan. I remember the days where they literally, they felt a lump and they went into surgery. And I remember, because I was a surgeon before I was a radiologist, mm -hmm. you know, coming out and, and they'd be in recovery. Like, and the first thing that they would do would look down. They'd be like, is it still there or not? Because, yeah. you know, they, they didn't have this incredible ability to, to figure things out ahead of time. So now we... We do a lot of the imaging and we'll do image guided biopsies. You know, we, if we see little calcifications on a mammogram, we can put them in a machine with take little mini mammogram pictures and put the needle right in there and take them out and run tests on them. I can do ultrasound guided little biopsies of literally four millimeter lesions That's and get, get a diagnosis. And then when he knows what he's dealing with, you know, he can, he can plan. And that's what we were saying. And so, yeah. and then also to have such a dedicated group of incredible people, they, they're, they're dedicated to their patients. And I mean, I love working with him and I, you know, having also a longer career, I'm impressed 
with the dedication and the level of care. I mean, the surgical techniques, the outcomes, the patients do great. You know, it's working in other places, even in Cincinnati, I, I think that what we have here is as good as anywhere. And I, that's saying a lot, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's, um, it's a big compliment. And, um, um, we appreciate it. And it's not just, and it isn't just me. And I think that's no, really team. what it makes it's a this. Team. Yeah. We have a strong team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, whether it's me doing the surgery or Dr. Grody, I mean, our, our surgical approach, very similar. Our, you know, we've got radiologists. There's several different radiologists, but they're all on the same page. You know, the radiation team is tight. The oncology team is super tight. Dr. Nitu Radhakrishnan and uh, Arun Sendhil-Nathan, mm-hmm. you know, they're super tight. It, it's just and Paul and radiation. Yeah. He's he's Paul he's young is, too, is, but is he's awesome, and he's yeah, he's Amazing. exceptional. Dr. Berard, she's yeah. excellent as well. Oh, she's wonderful. So no, I, I'm very pleased with the talent that Kettering has worked to acquire, and the team we've built, and we've been able to help a lot of people. So. The other thing too is, is what I kind of like is that if he has a question or if he you know says you know something's not sitting right or whatever, he just calls me up. Hey, Linda. I need to talk to you about this person. Hey, yeah. Linda, will you look yeah. at this? Yeah. You know, so he just calls me up yeah. and we go over it again or I'll give him a different opinion or we'll say, yeah. you know, I may, he might be giving me information that I didn't have on the sure. intake. So that helps me. Okay. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah, it could be this. We work through things. We really do try. That's really cool. It's a, yeah. Yeah, it is cool. It's amazing. It's really cool. It's a, one of the most fun parts of my job. I, I agree. The, the teamwork just can't be stressed enough. Yeah. I'm thinking for the patient specifically, um, you know, when we're looking at October, you know, Linda, what, what do you what do you think that people really need to know about mammograms, ages to start? You know, do you have any strong feelings about how often they're supposed to be getting mammograms? I know I do, but I think that's probably think, the most think, common question. Well, the, yeah, yeah, really common question. So, you know, the uh, American Cancer Society and actually the ACR as well, we, we sort of go along with that, you know, mammogram some baseline between like 35 and 40. Yeah. Um, we, I like to see somebody just get a mammogram. And if it's normal and you're not at high risk, and you don't have anything else, yeah, you don't have to come back every year. You can kind of, you know, get that in that 35, 36, 37 range and then come back when you're 40. We do like seeing them every year sure. after after you turn 40. Um, and but, I mean, and that's just for the normal population. I think the American Society of Breast Surgeons would agree. You know, age 40, yearly mammograms has been shown to catch cancers when they're earlier and smaller. Right. You know. Um, when we talk about the uh, the success rate or the survival rate of cancers, because we're catching them earlier, like what he's talking about, yeah. that is what's made the impact. Right. You know, the, the numbers have shifted. It takes many years for things to kind of take that shift because you have to follow people right. for five and see if they're still around five years, 10 years, and, you know, why. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have shown that it is an effective way to make sure that we're catching those things a little bit earlier. And I'm still stuck at you saying it was what, 90 plus percent, of, like mm-hmm. a survival oh, yeah. rate? That's in, it's uh, like incredible. 95, 96. Yeah, stage one should have an anticipated 97% survival rate mm-hmm. in five years, yeah. depending on the actual biochemical profile. Well, when you think about, especially if you're looking at like one in eight people are getting this and then... At some time in their lifetime. Right. And you like almost all of them have the potential to. So so that's kind of the baseline thing for just the normal population. Sure. I think if you, um, we talk about the high risk patients. Yeah. Um, If you have, um, you know, a mom or a sister, mostly those first degree relatives are really key. If you have a mom or a sister, I like to pay attention to the age. Um, 
premenopausal versus postmenopausal. Okay, so we all are at risk as we age. Right. You know, and after after menopause, as women age, you're going to get those breast cancer hits. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just going to occur. If you have a mom or a, or a sister that had premenopausal cancer and you had them in their 30s or 40s, yep. I like to, to get a lead time of almost 10 years on that person. Sure. So if your mom had breast cancer at 40, I like to see you and see in your doctor getting maybe, a, maybe an MRI or a baseline mammogram at like 30. Okay. So, and again, we can run a risk profile on you and see if it really is, you know, our high risk. But I think that, you know, the people that have differences in, um, you know, their histories or whatever, or a complicated history, or if you ever had a biopsy that has atypical cells, um, not necessarily cancer, but like what they call atypical cells, right? Um, we tend to watch them a little more carefully. That makes sense. So you're not yeah. exactly the normal population at that point. I think people come to me all the time and they're like, you know, I had a cousin maybe on my dad's side, yeah, four removed, really you know, related. am I at risk? The, the best thing you can do is go to your family doc and say, look, I've got this family history. You know, you know, I'm. I, I believe I'm of an appropriate age for a mammogram. Or if you're not of an appropriate age for mammogram, say, can you run a Gale model or a Tyracusix mm -hmm. model, where we'll actually put in your estrogen exposure, your body hat, like your height and weight to get BMI, right? When you started your periods, those sorts of things, and right. it actually calculates whether you're that's above what we do. the twenty percent risk. 20% lifetime risk of breast cancer. And that's how you'd be identified as high risk. And so right. a lot of times I'll have people that stop me and say, am I at risk? And I say, well, let's, let's, let's do the equation. There's right? more factors that yeah. come into the risk. And that's, yeah. that's the risk model that we run. When sure. I told you that everybody that comes in to get a mammogram yeah. sure. gets that run on them. If they want it, we ask, you know, it's, a, it's an option. Would you like us, right. to, see you like us to see that? And so yeah. we, we do it on the majority of people. Yeah. The other thing that people don't, I, I say this all the time too, um, is that 75% of the breast cancers that we diagnose every year have no family history. Yeah. And that always kind of impacts people because they all, I can't tell you the number of people that come in and say, well, I have a family history. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. You're part of the family too. You know what, you know what I mean? Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Are, you, you know? are you a woman? You, uh, right. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, so there you go. It's, um, there you go. It's just kind of. Yeah, so I think, you know, recognizing that if you're a woman out there age over 40 who hasn't had a mammogram, definitely something to think about this October. Sure. And if you're someone with a family history, definitely should be talking with your family doctor about potentially running one of these risk calculators mm -hmm. to see. Mm -hmm. And if you can't get them to run it when you go in for your mammogram, most mammography mm -hmm. centers, I mm -hmm. think, will offer to check and see if you're high risk. Yeah, it's not just us. We, it's a kind of a standard thing now that yeah. us are doing. Makes yeah. sense, though. Well, funny enough, you answered in very perfect English. The uh, one of the questions I got from the audience. So, Kathan, thank you for that question. Uh, they did ask something about this. Is there any risk of screening? Or I would assume it's there's no risk in the actual screening process, right? I mean, is that a no? Because it's a soft tissue uh, mammogram. Mm -hmm. Mammograms do have some radiation okay. involved with them. They're an X-ray. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing: they are so highly regulated. Like right. I have to have. Um, it's the most highly regulated part of everything that we do in radiology pretty much. It's been regulated since the 1990s. Okay. And um, there's an MQSA, it's called the Mammography um, Quality Standards Act. It's it's federally regulated. Um, we send in everything to the national you know, regulatory commissions and they just have to, the ACR does it all. But that's the American College of Radiology. But the bottom line is, is that getting a mammogram, you probably get more radiation exposure being outside for a few hours in the sun in the afternoon in the summer. Right. 
No, but it's, I, um, yeah. and it's all shielded too. It's truly just through the breast tissue itself. The other right, thing right is, it's, a, it's a soft tissue. It's a yeah. soft tissue, so it doesn't have to penetrate bone or right. go through a great big thick body part. You, right. you know, you do up a radiation dose to get a chest X-ray or something like sure. that. Any of those X-rays, to be truthful with you, are have more radiation involved with them than a mammogram does. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a great, yeah. it's a great question. Though. That is. That's yeah. a great something. question. I was very happy with these. So in actually. other words, do not be afraid of that. Good. And that, <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing. You know, something not to jump back before I jump to some more of these questions, but something you all said about just the way it's set up. This is a conversation I'm constantly having about like social anxieties for people, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And so even mm -hmm. something as simple as like, I would like to continue living if I'm at risk, right? Like like healthcare things. I know people, look, I know people who are too afraid to call a business to find if they're open still. So yeah. I imagine something like this, a much more serious thing, yeah. there's yeah. probably a lot of anxiety that goes that, into it. So it's kind of beautiful to me the way that you described the center too, where it's like, oh, well, you know, you're not having to walk through the whole hospital. We have this like dedicated area for that too. Mm -hmm. So that was something I kind of just wanted to reiterate to be yeah. like, please go. Yeah. Too many of us have lost too many of you. And I mean, it's serious. I don't get too serious on here often, but I'm like, you know, it's like yeah. you have the option to take care of it. Like, please do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that I think might tie into our last question this is another one that came in from the audience. Uh, are breast MRIs being recommended more for screenings for dense tissue over a traditional mammogram? Or is that more of like an in addition to? It's in addition to. Cool. Um, first of all, you need a mammogram to even know what your tissue looks like. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> there's a... That's also a program, by the way, um, an AI program that kind of evaluates the amount of glandular tissue in volume to the breast itself. So they're classified as fatty, you know, scattered density, you know, dense, meaning that you got a lot of fiber glandular tissue. And then there's like extremely dense, meaning that you almost can't see through it. Yeah. Um, obviously, a fatty breast for people that have never seen a mammogram, it's pretty easy to see through. The glandular tissue and the glandular densities show up as like kind of whitish areas on okay. a on a on a black white X ray. Yeah, and um, you know, but cancers show up that same way too because they're solid, they're tissuey stuff. Yeah. So in a fatty background, you see them real easy, but when that's buried in the middle of a lot of glandular stuff, sure, you know, they can be hidden. So yes, MRIs are, um, they're they're awesome. In addition to a mammogram, what we tend to do is we tend to kind of put them in the mix of the screening of mm -hmm. those patients. I would never say to do an MRI <coughs> and not do a mammogram mm -hmm. because mammograms pick up a few subtle things. And you have to have things like about three millimeters and some of the really subtle little microcalcifications and some of the low grade, what I call low grade, tumors that aren't as active mm -hmm. are kind of hard to pick up on a mammogram. Interesting. And so mammograms, are, and I said pick up on, a, on an MRI. I oh. should have said it. I'm sorry, I, I worded that wrong. MRIs, they're, they're done in a way where they give you some dye. Okay, they give you like a contrast. Mm -hmm. And um, a cancer or something that's kind of bad is very avidly picks that up. And so that's one of the things we look at is those bright spots that enhance on yeah. an MRI. And those are suspicious. And we would probably tend to try to look into that further and maybe even biopsy some of those. Sure. But um, you know, there are a lot of little things that kind of show up just fibrocystic changes and just active breast tissue. And so there's a lot of little things. MRIs are very specific. Okay. They're not always, or they're very sensitive, but they're not always specific. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. They're yeah. very sensitive tests. Yeah. 
yeah. but they're not always specific. Like it they don't like, always tell you exactly what what it is. Yeah, it's like it, so, it seems like using them in tandem. In my head, I'm just picturing the old Venn diagram, right, where they like they have these two saw. You know, and there's a little bit of crossover, but there's mm -hmm. obviously exactly. a point to both of them. Exactly, right? they're both useful. So when when she asked the question or whoever asked that question, I think that I would use a breast MRI in that setting like in addition to, or in a you know, kind of a, do this one time, maybe right. that the next time, yeah. do this one time, and that and the next time. And it particularly makes sense. And when it makes sense because. Who, someone who's high risk. Especially. You know? Yeah. That's really when insurance really frankly wants to pay for it. Right. So there are there are definitely those cases where there's some abnormality on, on mammogram, very dense tissue. Mm -hmm. This woman may be feeling a mass. And even though they're not high risk, it makes sense to get an MRI. But then the other category would be someone who has historically dense breasts, but is also with an extensive family history. Mm -hmm. right. And that's a patient And who, we start to worry, are we missing some? Yeah, are we not we'll seeing routinely, it? So. We actually like mm -hmm. to alter every six months. Mm -hmm. We'll do the, the mammogram, then six months later do an MRI. That's part of a high-risk protocol. Because as Linda mentioned, mm -hmm. the MRI actually is great at seeing some things like lobular, whereas a mammogram can see things like DCIS or microcalcifications. Mm -hmm. And so both tests have a lot of inherent... Um, quality. So we so if you think about it, you alternate them like every six months. Sure. So you're doing each one individually. So you're doing each one individually like every year. Okay. So if you yeah. do a mammogram here and then you do an MRI and then you do a mammogram six months after that, you're doing that every year. So you're kind of with the MRIs every year, but yeah, kind of spacing out. That you're you're and you're, you're pretty well covered. Out. It's been a good. Good it's program. been our protocol. Mm -hmm. Linda and I have worked on that together for. That's a pretty accepted protocol. Kind of how we've actually. run it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I yeah. love it. Um, I know we kind of covered this a little bit about like correlations of cancer between the family members, for example. And then also, well, actually, I might, we might, really, now that I'm reading this out loud, see, this is one of the, you can tell this is another good episode. I mentioned this recently. If I have notes, you know that I came to play. Uh, but no, and they asked about, I'm just, I'm making sure I'm reading everybody's questions mostly out of kindness now. Uh, we talked about the uh, correlation between family members. Uh, is it always the same type of cancer or generally different? I think we know the answer to no, that. Is it's like everybody's, yeah. we're all unique. Yeah snowflakes um but i would but i would say that you know there's a genetic there is we, we've identified uh breast cancer genes so if you know we do have i think triple negatives do tend to kind of when you see mm -hmm. people that are brca or there's actually 28 different genes that we're testing for now yeah. there are certain genetic predispositions that you will see similar breast cancers between generations mm -hmm. okay. but it doesn't necessarily have to be the same sure. type. you can get a lobular and then get a ductal right so it can be, yeah, they can be different, but I would say too, depending on the type, then we also talk about that where we, we recommend or we at least talk to them about, you know, getting tested right. to seeing if that's something that's, you know, it places their subsequent and family the, members. And the criteria for genetic testing is actually very stringent. Again, really? insurance companies dictate a lot of this. Of course. And most of it depends on the number of first degree relatives and the types of cancer and okay. the ages of those cancers actually. And so that's again, something that once you get screened for high risk, that's something we would additionally talk about is do you also meet criteria for genetic testing? Beautiful. I love that. Uh, yeah. So we talked about that nailed that. Uh, look, it's like you guys read the questions beforehand. <laughs> um, the one, this is the, then this is the last one I have. And I, I've heard this from a few people, but I copy and pasted my favorite version of the question, which I know I'm editing on the fly here. Uh, but this is just about, uh, well, you know, you, you always want, I, I'm always torn between two worlds, right? I obviously want to be professional and respectful of everyone, but I'm also funny and deal with my trauma through comedy. Yes. So there is that part there of me, go. but of Understood. course, no, this question was really just pertaining to um, differentiate, different 
Differentiating. Differentiating. Thank you so much. I was like, <laughs> can I put a shun on the end of it? Uh, no, but between, you know, what we would decide as a lump versus something like a swollen lymph node, right? I know, Dr. Ryman, you talked about that a little bit before mm-hmm. we started recording, but is there any, are there any maybe warning signs or tells that somebody should look at? You know, lymph nodes seem to get annoyed by every part of existence. Though, lymph right? nodes are everywhere in your body. <laughs> they're everywhere. I mean, they just take care of everything. Yeah. I tell people they're like the train stations along the train tracks, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We have lymphatics that take all that fluid out of our tissues and lymph nodes are the train stations along all those train tracks. Yeah. And um, But uh, they're very reactive. Um, you get a bug bite on your arm, you get a flu, you get a right. sore throat, you know, your lymph nodes will swell. So we tend to say, you know, keep an eye on it. Right. And uh, watch it if it doesn't go down, if it's, you know, hard and firm and everything gets bigger. Right. And there's nothing like that. You know, you need to go see your doctor. Of course. You need to go yeah. see your doctor and get examined. Yeah, I think and, um, that's well said. I mean, a, a lymph node, really, its whole job is to process foreign mm-hmm. material. Right. And so if you get a cut, scratch, virus, you know, your cat scratches. They're you, very there's, reactive. There's a bunch of different things that can make your lymph nodes swollen. Yeah. Persistently enlarged lymph nodes or particularly irregularly shaped lymph nodes that are fixated in the tissue. So something that isn't moving. You're like, this is a rock. It's right. weirdly shaped and it's not going and it's anywhere. It's getting bigger. Yeah, right. It's, not, it's just not going away. And you know, I'm not sick. Sense or, rules yeah. the day. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think those we sense. would start with an ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Most patients will come to me and say, I had this swollen lymph node. It's been there for 23 minutes. We <laughs> right. would all say, keep uh, an eye on it. Yeah. But I think it's that lymph node when someone comes and says, look, you know, I, I watched it for 23 minutes and an additional 23 days. Right. And it's persistent. And in fact, it's it's growing and it's tender. Yeah. You know, whenever I have a lymph node, I say, look at the extremity, look at the surrounding area. So if it's on your foot, you don't need to do a breast exam. Right. You know, but you look like at you know you look at the surrounding area to see could something have triggered this lymph node, and then if it's still there and persistent or growing, then absolutely. Tell we your saw physician. a lot of swollen lymph nodes with COVID shots. Sure, yeah, a lot yeah. of them, like a lot of them. We were seeing them on the mammograms. We kind of mentioned them, and we were actually through the COVID time actually asking people, "Did you get your shot in yeah. your right arm or your left?" Yeah, because we would see swollen lymph nodes. That's how reactive they are. Sure. And you know, we we would put it in the report and just kind of comment on it and keep an eye on it and kind of know it was there. But, you know, a lot of time it's just, uh, yeah. it's not, it's not something that I would say, go around and feel up all your friends and neighbors to see <laughs> if they have a lymph node. Right. No. But obviously the number one way I, that people find them when they come to me is in the shower. Yeah. As you're bathing yourself in the shower, right. when you're feeling different parts of your body, people suddenly feel a lump. Trend it over time. Tell your primary care doctor. Mm-hmm. There will be warning signs that they look for. And usually the first step, don't, step don't be alarmed, is to get an ultrasound and Good. sometimes even a biopsy if it's persistent. Sure. You know, the one thing I keep thinking about throughout this whole thing, and I, again, I know we've kind of touched on some of the anxieties around it, but, uh, you know, I'm just thinking about people I've known in my own life. I'm just like, I know it sounds scary. I'll look right into the camera just for this one. I know it might sound scary right now, but that little bit of fear you have today are you more scared of that or are you more scared of that being the last experience of your life? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be overly dramatic about it, it's true. but like would, I don't know again. I, and look, maybe well, I'm you lucky. Know, I see, I see a couple of women every year mm-hmm. and it's, it's kind of sad because they come in and they've got something significant and you know mm-hmm. that they've known right. for a long time and they're just afraid. Sure. Or they've, they've hidden it. Sure. You think, how can you possibly have hidden this from, you know, your husband, your significant other, your whatever, your family, and they, they've hidden it. And, um, they're, they're that afraid. 
Yeah. Um, some women actually also, they are such caregivers that they take care of everybody else but themselves. So true. Absolutely I have true. met through the course of my career phenomenal women. Yeah. I have, I'm just blown away by the strength and resilience of most women. And um, it's, um, they, they really are. They, they take care of their families. They take care of their kids, their husbands, their moms, their everything. And then they kind of put themselves late. Right. Yeah. They come in apologizing because my husband had a heart attack or he had this or he had that. And I'm late for my mammogram. And then they wind up with something and then they're like feeling bad about it or blaming themselves. And right. I'm like, just like, stop. Yeah. It's today forward. Right. It's yeah. today forward. Just take that step. And I also encourage people. I got a, a couple of ladies from uh, Dayton and I got a couple little ladies from Cincinnati and they come in together. I love it. Because they get over their fear a little bit. It's like, hey, it's the yearly time. And they literally every year I get my text will say, hey, you know, your Dayton ladies are coming in today. Yeah. And there's three of them. They yeah. come in together and they go to lunch and they come in to get their grounds yeah. and they all hang out. And I know they're there and I, I literally will walk out and they've become like a yearly thing. And we, <laughs> we give each other hugs and I, and I let them know that their mammograms are okay and they all get really happy and then they go to lunch together. So it's like, you just have to kind of face that fear right. and do whatever you have to do. I have another, another- it Sounds uh, like kind of a fun way to face well, it too. It, you know? it, and I have a couple of ladies that bring their daughters. Sure. They come in yeah. with their daughters. And um, so sometimes if it's hard to do alone, you come in with somebody that you love yeah. or, you know, they come in with their husbands, their husbands wait in the car outside or in the waiting room. If they sure. don't, you know, they, they come in with them and they just wait, you know, they just bring them in, make sure that they do it together. That's good. You know, so I, that's I, not I, a bad thing either. I've I also it. had a couple ladies late, lately, some of the older ladies. And, um, it's interesting as you get postmenopausal, some of these cancers are actually very slow growing mm -hmm. and they'll get a lump in their breast and they'll know it. They'll sit there for a year or two years or even or five. three years <laughs> yeah, until five. it becomes enormous. And they'll flat out tell me, they'll say, I knew it was cancer. I just thought I'd be dead already. And they, they're at, that, they're at yeah. that stage of their life where they, you get cancer, you think, well, I'm going to die. So why mm -hmm. would I put myself through chemo, radiation, surgery? Yeah. And, and this just, again, drives home that not all breast cancers are equal. In fact, a lot of the postmenopausal breast cancers are much slower growing. Yeah. And if you do get one, please just let us take care of it and before it becomes quite large or invading, right. you know, because sometimes they don't spread. You know, someone says, well, mm -hmm. Drew, how big do they have to be to spread? I, I, I've taken out a 15 centimeter breast mass that had not spread to lymph nodes. Uh, it was mind boggling. Yeah, it's like it. this big. Right. It was but, like this, but again, but it depends on the type. Type of type depends of cancer. Depends on how aggressive it is. And it so, depends yeah, on all these we things. We just say, so, you know, wild. come in and mm -hmm. let's. It's always in my in my mind. I don't know. I but I in most medical things in my experience, it's better to just have the knowledge. No one is going to force you to have chemo right. at our program, no. or frankly, anywhere in the United mm -hmm. States. Yeah. No one's going to force you into radiation. No one's going to force you into surgery. And so, at least come in and let us tell you. Sometimes some people just say, well, how long have I got, Doc? Which we're really bad at guessing. Right. But, you know, I, I, think, I think that <laughs> yeah. at least power come in that so we can tell you what you have, yeah. where it's spread. And honestly, I swear, I would never tell you. You could come in and say, thank you for the information. Appreciate your time. Love your tie. Have a great right. life. Yeah. And we are, we are totally open to that at this yeah. point in medical healthcare in the United States. That's good. 
Yeah, I mean, what's wrong with getting informed? Yeah, right. And so I tell, I, I have had people come in, they get the diagnosis, and they tell me, "Well, I want to do this part of your treatment plan, and a little bit of this part of your treatment plan, and I don't want any of that part of your treatment plan." And uh, yeah, and we just we work through it. Yeah, and you're not here to agree. It's like you're not here to disagree, rather, with the patient. No, there uh, is no, there is no, there is no black and white or right and wrong because you know some people that are older, you know, if things continue to grow, sometimes it just gets nasty you know right. it just gets Normal deforming bleed. or they bleed or whatever they just get it just gets hard to deal with sure so it's like we i can't tell you the number of patients that you know they see dr lichter here and he takes it off and they just you know uh -huh. don't do anything else right. it's just because you know what i'm older um let's just do what we can do get rid of it yeah. so it doesn't cause me any big obvious problem and and the rest of it, i don't want chemo i don't want this i don't want that yeah. I'll, I'll and just we're gonna take work my through risk that and, sure. genuinely yeah. we we are not here it's to okay. promote any sort of party lines or anything mm -hmm. it's just genuine we, we really just want women to have access to care and so i think those are the really the three types the women who come in for the screening mammogram they find the tumor and they want everything done there's the women who come in with a palpable mass and we biopsy it, we work it up. And then there are the women who ha who already kind of know they have cancer and it's right. enormous and it's now bleeding or it's infected, still come in. I mean, we can we can even just remove that breast and we won't bug you. Just let us right. help you. Yeah. Let us help you. I love it. You know, as we get what I'm assuming is probably near the end here, I thought I would bring this up because I have a friend who is a breast cancer survivor as well, but he's a guy. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me, Steve. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Uh, and Got several men. And I was going to say, I mean, I know obviously it dramatically affects women more than men, if I'm not mistaken in saying it that way. But so what's... Well, and we see a couple of breast cancers in men every year. Really? Every and just year. A, we yeah. do. It's about... Uh, I think they say one in 830 or 840 men. I actually don't um, know the statistic. It's, it's, but it's a statistic but it's, around it's one in though. every like 800 men or something. It's about one in a thousand, every thousand breast cancers that we see, there's a man. man. Interesting. So it's I was not, always sort of curious that, because again, you know, I mean, obviously most I've ever read. So it's not, a, it's not, it's a, it's a more rare thing. Um, some of the things that I think place men at risk are obesity, okay. um, cirrhosis, the liver, oh, sure. alcohol. Um, yeah. With that liver disease, it can change some of the, hormonal influences um you know any i mean there is some breast tissue in men i mean obviously breast uh men can also have the genetic you know um there are spe specific genes that especially genes bracket that, two that the men are at increased risk for breast cancer interesting so men can, so men do have a risk and again sure. it's the same thing you feel a lump you know, get it checked out by your doctor yeah uh, you'll probably come into the women's center we do try to respect the men and of the course. women's areas and yeah. and you know kind of keep things respectful because it's a little bit like i gotta go come into a women's center to get right. you know taken care of so that again some people get caught up in the wrong details yeah. like do you want face. to live yeah. who cares what it says on the sign like, what, 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 why am i telling adults face this? your fears yeah, you know? just come on in it's okay you know we, we don't talk about you after you leave it's just you know just come on in no, we and, just want to take care of you you yeah. will get a mammogram we can't it's it's yeah. commonly held that mm -hmm. there's there's you can actually do a mammogram on a man too, or a lot of times we do an ultrasound. I think. Sure, we actually do both on benign uh, breast disease in men too. Men don't. Men actually get something called gynecomastia, mm -hmm. and that is not. Uh, we do see quite a bit of that. That's not infrequent. We they come in because a lot of medications, antihypertensive meds, sure. um, really common medications, yeah. can cause you know 
growth of breast tissue because it's it changes like hormonal influences Makes and stuff. Sense, so yeah. it's um, nothing to be embarrassed about. It's just something to get checked out. And right. that is a much more common thing that we do see a fair amount of. Mm-hmm. Uh, breast cancer itself is pretty rare, but obviously, you know, in fact, that's probably the number one consult that I get is, uh, you know, a male will have some sort of excess breast tissue from gynecomastia and they're sending it, hurts, it to me. Can you just rule like it out for breast cancer? And yeah. we, we we look at it. Smart. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So definitely something to be aware of. It just sounds like the name of the game here is like, I mean, realistically, like any other ailment, like get ahead of it as far as you can. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. anytime you're concerned. Like you said, I mean, obviously there's some little, maybe wait more than the first 23 minutes. Correct. <laughs> but after that, you know, it's like, pay attention. By the way, and I'm then, that 23 it's minute really guy. It's really about self. Yeah, no, really, that guy. I'm like, it's really I about self awareness. Yeah. yeah, it's about self awareness. Yeah. It's about, you don't know, get on WebMD. Uh, there's only ever two options. You either have a headache or you're dying or you're, in, 12, yeah, in yeah, the 23 yeah, minutes, right? Well. Yeah. That's yeah. why I just turn off my phone if I ever have a problem. I'm just like, yeah. you know what? This isn't going to work. Somebody God, I can't tell you how many times I tell people, God, do not listen to everything that's out there because, you know, please. Don't listen talk, to anything. That's talk to out your there. doctors. Yes, they come person. in. They're they're scared, so scared yeah. at you know of, of, a, of a biopsy or of a mammogram or yeah. whatever. I'm yeah. so scared. I'm so this, and they have gone so far down a path. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Don't worry you know, until you have like something you to worry to about. Just, exactly. And then they go yeah. through the procedure and they look at you like, why in the heck did I spend all that time worrying? Right. Because this was nothing. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I mean, I w- I'd wager it might be something, but it's sure. not. It's not anything. I feel like the human brain tends to go zero to a hundred and the reality is somewhere in the first few miles, probably. There is always there. You can always find that case of that awful thing that happened. You can always find that, but that is not the norm. So you can't be afraid of just coming in and getting checked out. Before we close up, there are two things that I really, really have to get out there. Yeah. Number one is the notion that breast cancer causes breast pain. So the, the other oh, one that yeah. we very commonly mm-hmm. see is, I didn't I didn't get my mammogram this year because I have breast pain and I knew it was going to be cancer. In fact, most breast cancers are not painful, yeah. which is why we don't get which which is why we get mammograms because women will come and say I, I can't have breast cancer because I have no pain. The <laughs> the pain receptors typically live in the skin and in the muscle. There's not as many in the actual glandular tissue of the breast, mm-hmm. and right. so. Do not use pain as a foreboding sign of cancer sure. or of this this security blanket that I can't have cancer because I don't have pain. So right. that's my one comment yeah, about that's pain. That's a perfect. great note. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely and perfect. Then, um, I, I think 100% the, agree with him on that. The, other, the, the last and final thing I would say is for our women who are getting mammograms or aren't getting mammograms, regardless, every woman should be aware of their breast architecture. Yeah. So about every month, we don't really call it breast self-exams anymore. We call it breast awareness, mm-hmm. where a woman just in the shower once a month should be aware of what her breasts feel like yeah. and, and the way that they're, they're oriented. Yeah. And so if that changes, then you can track and trend. I mean, that's the biggest name of the game in breast. And well, then, and I'm going to add a little bit to that. Yeah, go ahead. I would ask that young women, um, you know, take a look uh, and do that exam like right after their menstrual cycle, their cycle. Okay. because you know you kind of are ramping up hormones mm-hmm. until that time and then when you have your menstrual cycle it's like the downswing of the sure. hormones so your breasts tend to be less sore less stimulated and that's probably the best time to to check yourself i would also say don't do it every day 
Yeah. You know, women tend to overdo it. It's like they just, you know, they, they do it they too much. Once they find something, they'll check it six times And I'm like, day. think about how your kids grow, right. okay? Your kids grow. You see them every day. You have no perception. And then, but grandma, who hasn't seen them for a month, goes, oh my God, you just grew an inch. So what you want to do is you want to put time in between because if you feel something, pay attention to it. But if you feel it every day, I can't tell you how many times they've come in and they're, they're like, well, it's, you know, it's, it hasn't changed. Well, it has, but you haven't perceived change. Right. You want to be able to perceive change. So if you feel it this big and you're thinking, ah, it's a little nothing, but then next month it's like this, you need to get in and get it seen. Yeah. So yeah. the other thing is, is take a look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. Um, a lot of times people just don't stand in front of the mirror and stand up straight <sighs> and look at themselves. You can see changes and differences between one side and another or in your nipples or whatever. Sure. I mean, just take a look in the mirror. And that can be done privately and kind of get used to how you look. You know, a lot of times they're not the same. Yeah, they're it's actually a good time to look for your skin cancers too, if I'm if I can get that <laughs> plug out there. So in fact, wrong month, Doctor. Like, so sorry, so sorry. I'm getting all mixed up now. But it's but, true. But it's, 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 again, no, no, it's, that, it's your, that self awareness. With, with your breast checks, it's that we say thing. you're in the shower, and as you get out, you're supposed to actually do the exam in the superwoman pose, mm -hmm. sitting there in front of the mirror looking, and then I just say, but turn around and look at your back too to check for melanoma. Yeah, smart. So. Get them all at there once. There you go. Yeah, all at once. We covered awesome. the whole thing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You now are safe had, from breast cancer. Right, exactly. <laughs> I had so many notes, and I think you all covered so many of them. And then also, of course, some of these, I think, I may have dove a little too deep. It was like, oh, we could do okay. a whole series of episodes on Yeah, these. we can. Uh, but yeah, well, maybe can. that's... But hey, listen, if you all love this that much, <laughs> let me pressure them into coming back on the show. You know, the, the whole Ask the Expert, I think, is the coolest podcast notion that is for medical. Yeah. I would love to have a podcast of Ask the Expert expert where you bring in different medical docs and it's just the top 10 questions that your viewers put out there because i think there are so many quick things that it's just it's, just, it's a i loved these questions yeah, yeah these were excellent. great these excellent are good questions. well maybe we'll get Hopefully. more before the episode actually airs since i've been lying to everybody about my production schedule it's october um <laughs> But no, all kidding aside, if, if uh, this goes well, maybe there's a follow-up episode in the future too, yeah. if you yeah. guys are up for that. This is my shameless plug to get myself back on the show. Yes, I'm in. Listen, I would be honored. Listen, what we need to know. do, well, I'll pitch this off here. It's my first time, so I don't know. You did great. Was it, wasn't it way easier? Actually, yeah, I pride right. myself on making my guests comfortable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's fantastic. Which Always is why a great I took time. all the whoopee cushions out before we started. <laughs> Thank you. Very low brow occasionally. No, all kidding aside, I really appreciate you both taking the time. It was very nice to meet you. Well, now that we did not meet before, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And very nice to actually I sit down and spend time with Thank you, Dr. Ron. I appreciate yeah. you taking yeah. the time for this. Absolutely, course, absolutely. And yeah, absolutely. And just a huge shout out to our team, all the physicians, and especially our, our nurses as well, yeah. who work in the mammogram centers, who work in the, the OR, all you know, my all wow. of my staff in the clinic who does such a great job of making our women feel comfortable. That's all awesome. the women over at uh, the, the OB-GYN center, yeah. uh, their nurses, their physicians. Um, my technologists really who work have, their butts off in that breast center. I, I I think it's the, the one thing about when it comes to breast tech. teamwork yep. is just it, it can't be overemphasized. No. It's a team sport. Yeah, I love that. You guys all have a clearly great team. So I appreciate you coming out here. And look, everybody, get checked. Get be good to in. yourselves. Be as good to yourself as you want someone to be good to you. Yeah. Somebody, somebody that job. loves you wants you to be around for yeah. a while. That's right. Yeah. That's Maybe good. even someone that doesn't love you because <laughs> I like my enemies. Stay out there. Stay healthy. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm going to end That's on that. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> I like to end the That's show great. on a threat. That's great. <laughs> Thank you all so, so much. I really appreciate you being here. 
Always looking forward to our future collaborations. You know the drill. They're great. Don't you love them? It's so cool. And it was one of those things I just really didn't expect. Uh, you can watch the old RoboDocs episode to see how I really feel. But I've spent a lot of my life in a hospital. This is really, really... You don't get this kind of attention and activity from a lot of doctors. Not saying that they're not out there, but it's just... It's hard job. And then imagine putting out, you know, putting yourself out there socially on top of that. I know a lot of people are not into that. I get it. I'm one of those people who I don't operate anyway. You get what I'm trying to say. Very cool of them to do this. Uh, one last moment. This is your chance. If you got through because you were so enthralled by this interview, don't forget, leave a comment telling me what you learned on this episode. Uh, leave that comment as well as being subscribed to Jungle Gyms International Market on YouTube in order to win this sweet Eckridge Care Package that I have now added some of my own favorite international treats for you to enjoy at home. And you can eat along with me. What more could you ask for? Okay, well, I can't do that, but I will do everything else. So, All right, on that, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you all so much for tuning into the show. I really appreciate your time. I hope you have a great rest of the week. And in the meantime, I'll see you out there in the aisles. The Jungle Gyms podcast is recorded in the WJJI studio inside Jungle Gyms International Market in Fairfield, Ohio. The Jungle Gyms podcast is produced and hosted by Mark Borison.